You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, today is a podcast I was not anticipating. A Brandon Nimmo lifelong Met, eight-year contract, $162 million. What just happened? And also, a little footnote, David Robertson sneaked that one in there. One year, $10 million. A ton to discuss today. I'll be going through Nimmo. I'll be discussing Robertson. We're going to get to all of it. But I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Brandon Nimmo. I did not see this one coming whatsoever. All offseason, it just felt like there was pessimism around Brandon Nimmo coming back. And the fact that he did tells me one thing that is crystal clear. Nimmo wanted to be a Met. Scott Boris is his agent. Now, at the end of the day, an agent still works for a player. So even if there was some more money on the table, and I don't know if there was, the fact that this got done tells us what Brandon Nimmo wanted. And... If Nimmo wanted to come back, thank you to Steve Cohen. Thank you to this Mets team for deciding to bring him on back. Because you know what? Even though this is an eight-year deal, and that's a long commitment, I like that you are appreciating a Met that wants to be a Met. Point blank and simple. And they did that with that win Diaz too. You know, would I have liked this more if it was a six-year deal? Of course. But look... At $20.25 million for the AAV, it's not a bad contract at all. It's really not. And in the short term, that gives you a little more flexibility when it comes to addressing your other needs. And the Mets get David Robertson right away. I mean, who you rather have, Brandon Immo and David Robertson or just one of those shortstops that are out there? Well, you could say, all right, yeah, Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, those guys – they help you more, right? They're a better player than Brandon Nimmo. We did this. It was a podcast I did probably a month ago. I don't even remember the title of it to really direct you to it, which is a shame. But I, I was discussing the shortstops on the market. And offensively, Brandon Nimmo profiles comparably to the top-tier shortstops. You look at WRC+. Plus, you look at his on-base percentage. You look at the way he can impact the game as a leadoff hitter and also having the speed to get those extra bases. Yeah, he's not a great base dealer, but he'll score from first on most doubles. So, you know, Brandon Nimmo has the offensive impact that you wanted. And he plays center field. And these other guys, they would have been clunky fits. And they got 11-year deals. So you get Nimmo for, you know, five to $7 million less than these other big money conscious that have been thrown out there this offseason when it comes to the shortstops. You bring back the second-best outfielder on the market at 20.25 mil, which isn't crazy. And look, the way contracts are climbing, in four years, 
I mean, 20.25 million might be the next 14, 15, which is what you would have wanted to sign Nimmo to anyway prior to this breakout season. I have not been on the Nimmo bandwagon to bring him back entirely throughout this offseason, mostly because I thought for one he'd be getting 25 million a season, and I just thought the interest was too great elsewhere that the Mets weren't going to bring him back. And they weren't speaking as if this was going to happen. I mean, Buck Schultz had a press conference where he was talking about Nimmo in the past tense. Yet, here we are a couple days later and the Mets decided to do it. And I think what happened, and, and this is just speculation, not any type of reporting that I've seen, but I think you get Justin Verlander, you get Jose Quintana, you, you, you sit back from that, you look at your rotation, and you say... Yeah, we're in on Kodai Sanga. And apparently, according to Mike Mayer on Twitter, I did see that, the Mets are still in on Sanga. I think that's the one guy they're still in on because I think they look at him as a future building block in that rotation, similar to how they're viewing Nimmo now. (laughs) If you look at your needs after the winter meetings and you have those two starters, you can at least be comfortable saying, if we go into camp with our rotation as is, we're okay. The bullpen needs to be built up. And look, we'll discuss Robertson in a second. They grab him. How are they going to replace Brandon Nimmo? When Bellinger falls off the board, when Hanniger falls off the board, your options start to dwindle. Then you're looking at Michael Conforto and not a lot else out there in Conforto. We don't know if there was any interest on his end in a reunion. And we don't know how good he was going to be coming off a shoulder injury, which could zap his power. And that's the one reason why you'd like a Conforto. So you get the sure bet. You get the guy that fills your need, you had to replace Brandon Nemo. How's the best way you can replace Brandon Nemo? Just bring back Brandon Nemo. And again, I did, my first reaction when I saw it was, wow, I can't believe that happened. And then it was, ooh, eight years. But then when I did the AAV and you look at the 20.25 million, can Brandon Nemo be a, a quality center fielder for the next four years? I think he can, or at least three. And at that money, that's kind of a steal. Now, the back half of that contract, there's some questions. But I think that Brandon Nimmo, if you slide him out into a corner, he'll keep playing good left field, and he's going to be a guy that's going to play hard for you every day, who works his ass off nonstop, who has gotten better every single season. You don't see that a lot. You know, I was just discussing Conforto. Did Conforto get better every single season? As much as I'm a Conforto homer, he didn't, and this guy did, and he's he's just someone that clearly valued playing in New York. You saw the emotions near the end of the season where he thought his time in New York could be coming up. You saw how fired up he would get. You know, to me, when I think about the 2022 season, one of the best moments is when you're playing the Dodgers in that series that we thought was going to clinch the division for the Mets. We thought once they won that series against the Dodgers and Late August, I believe it was, if not early September. You saw the cakewalk of the schedule. You thought, all right, they're, they're locked in. But the emotions of that series, that game, they were you know so heightened. And Brandon Nemo robs that home run and he's just roaring. He's fired up. He comes into the dugout all jacked out of his mind. And after the game you know where he was, was talking directly to the fans with Steve Gelbs, you know, speaking about how when he was a you know a prospect coming up, this is what he dreamed of, and he's getting it. That's a guy that bleeds blue and orange. And I really do think that maybe as we see some reporting, I would not be surprised when you have 
a team like the Padres throwing money around, not that they were in on Nimmo, but when you have teams spending, like the Rangers as well, I mean, the Rangers maybe could have used a Nimmo. There's a chance that there might have been, if not more money, similar offers on the table. But the Mets end up getting this guy, and he's going to be a lifelong Met. That that's crazy. That's Brandon Nimmo. Man, you know, I, I gotta spend a whole segment on that. We're kind of going by the seat of our pants here because I, this is crazy, crazy revelation. So we're gonna get to all of that in just a minute. But I like to pause the podcast for a second, uh, just to let you know that you guys gotta try this. And what I'm talking about is Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. You got the cookie dough topper, the coconut brownie bar, the coconut brownie topper. You have the white chocolate peppermint granola. It's built to take on a granola bar, so it's more filling but still insanely tasty. You got the candy cane brownie if you're in the holiday season. Uh, there's so much that you can find. Built Puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. They're marshmallowy flavor. Anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever. And a great stocking stuffer. Throw a bar in each of your family's stockings for, for Christmas. Or just stash them all for yourself. You might want them that way. They're made with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and they're low in sugar, low in calories, only 130 calories for a Built Bar. Just sink your teeth in. Enjoy that first bite. It'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. You got to try this. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at built.com. Nimmo's a lifelong Met. What? <laughs> I remember doing a podcast prior to the 2020 season where Mets fans wanted to trade Brandon Nimmo for Starling Marte straight up. Guess what? They're both in their outfield for the next three years, and Nimmo's there for the next eight. Who's the last lifelong Met? David Wright? Injuries? It'd be interesting if Brandon Nimmo can be healthy for this contract and he does the reverse of right, where he has the injuries early in his career, gets healthy, figures out how to get through the grind of a season like he did this year, and then repeats that and has eight great seasons. And then all of a sudden, are we retiring Brandon Nimmo's number one day? The Mets go out and win two World Series with Brandon Nimmo as a starting center fielder. <laughs> you might. You might. This is this one brought me a lot of joy. This, in a lot of ways, makes up for the DeGrom thing. And Verlander did a ton, of course. And I literally watched today a press conference with Jacob DeGrom in a Rangers jersey. And it was like closure because you see it and you're like, okay. And you see that he's happy where he's at and he's in a good spot for him. And you understand why he did it. And you understand why the Mets didn't go there. This was one where I think the Mets could have easily said eight years for Brandon Nemo were being smart. It's not fitting our window. But when you get that AAV down to $20.25 million, that doesn't really hinder you from future success. This is maybe not quite on the same level as some of those Braves extensions, but for a guy that hit free agency, it kind of feels like that, where, yeah, he's 30. That's going to take you through age 38. He turns 30 prior to this season. So this is age 30 through 38. 
But I'm pretty confident that Brandon Nimmo is going to be awesome for the next three years. And you're looking at a guy that if you go on metrics this season, if you go on F4, if you go on WRC+, if you go on the defense, if you combine it all and try to find your best all-around center fielder this season, it was Aaron Judge because he played center, but he's more of a right fielder. And then it was Brandon Nemo, and then he hit the free agent market, and it's the same thing. It was going to be so hard to replace him, and I thought that the Mets, because of this this, this new strategy of thinking short-term on contracts, I just didn't see this happening. But for the right player, you make an exception, and if you're telling me moving forward that the Mets decide their core is Brandon Nimmo, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, and Francisco Lindor, and those are the guys you're building around. Those are the guys that are going to get paid. And then maybe you'll also try to get those team-friendly extensions when you find the prospects that hit, like you hope Alvarez does, you hope Beatty does. You can see a sustainable future. And again, $20.25 million a season is not a massive hindrance. You also never know how team-friendly this thing can get. I mean, I'm just reading the initial reports here. Who knows? Who knows? You might find out that there's deferrals in this contract and all of a sudden, um, you know, this this is looking like an even better deal when, when it comes to luxury tax. But look, there's going to be more fallout for this. There's going to be future podcasts on how the Mets look. But when you look at everything they've done up to this point, how can you not say that they are right there with the Braves and the Phillies as being the best team in the National League East? Anyone who's going to tell me that the Mets are a tier below either of those two teams is out of their mind because the Mets just showed over a full season. And what you basically just did is you kept the core together. You kept the core together. You're betting on your prospects to give you that extra little jolt offensively. You're betting on Justin Verlander to give you more than you got from a DeGrom and a Bassett atop that rotation. You're betting on Scherzer too. If Scherzer's healthy for a full year and Verlander's healthy for a full year, that is going to be far more significant than the 60 starts you're losing from Bassett and Walker. And yeah, you got 20 from Scherzer this year, but if you combine Scherzer and DeGrom, you got 30 starts of a nace. If you get the two of them into the mix now, all right, you're talking about a completely different ball club. And so with Quintana in place, with that rotation looking set, the Mets are still in Kodai Sanga because Steve Cohen's a madman, but even if they don't get him, even if they just say, all right, Trevor Williams or Ross Stripling, you just get a little more depth in that rotation. Um, and then you keep adding to this bullpen. I think this team's in great place. And look, let's just roll through the lineup right now. Okay, this is this is off the top of my head. But let's just say you go into next season. It's going to be Nimmo at leadoff, center field. You might stick with the Marte in the two-hole and right. You're going to have Lindor third, although I'd like that they batted McNeil third. That's just a personal preference thing. But... You know, we got Lindor third playing short, Alonzo cleanup, batting, uh, or batting cleanup, playing first, McNeil at second base, maybe he's your five hitter, I don't know. Uh, you got Alvarez maybe batting sixth, you got Canna in left field, that's not a bad option for sure. Um, he even looks so much better now that you just have him slated in left and you don't have to worry about him playing center that much, except for in a pinch. You got Beatty at third, I mean... What else do you need? And you got Vogel back at DH, and you got maybe Vientos and Alvarez helping him out with those duties. So 
I look at this Mets roster, and yeah, there's still moves that can be made, and you can still do things to improve. But now that Nimmo's in place offensively, I'm actually comfortable. I'm cozy with what the Mets got. Go into the season. I'm fine with it. Um, because I really do believe that the internal improvements will be enough that this team is going to have a, a top 10, if not a top 5 offense. I'm fine with the pitching. you got to add more, um, obviously, to the bullpen. But that is what they just got by acquiring David Robertson, who's now a footnote in what's an amazing day for the Mets. So we'll go through that in just a minute. But first, another word from our sponsors. David Robertson, a one-year, $10 million deal. Love this signing. All season, I was speaking about David Robertson to the Mets. I was trying to speak that into existence, and it happens a little bit late. Uh, Really, I mean, actually, I think that, yeah, I'm going to take credit for it. Why don't you look at the receipts? Who was the first one on David Robertson being in a Wilson Contreras trade? Because I was discussing that in May when James McCann went down. That was before Robertson really did solidify himself coming off the Tommy John. People realize, oh, wait a minute, David Robertson, those first 10 appearances with the Cubs, well, now it's 25 appearances, and we're seeing that this guy uh, is back to being what he used to be, or at least a facsimile of that. So he goes out, he has a good year with the Cubs, he gets traded to the Phillies at the deadline, makes a run with them. Could he have gone back to the Phillies for a similar contract? you think that the Phillies... Would have signed up for David Robertson at $10 million? I think they probably would have. They just spent $27 a year on Turner and gave him a $300 million contract. I think a one-year deal they would have been interested in. So to me, this tells me that David Robertson probably wanted to pitch for the Mets and maybe wanted to even at the deadline last year. You know, this is a guy that spent a lot of time in New York who sees a, a veteran roster with guys that he has watched pitch in Major League Baseball like Scherzer and Verlander throughout his entire career. And he fits right into the mix. Old, you know, <laughs> former stars and, and you know some of these guys still are. And I think in his role, David Robertson can star as a seventh inning guy for the Mets. I'd still like them to get like one more really nasty reliever to throw into that bullpen. But David Robertson, he's been in all the situations. He's been in all those big games. The, the blood pressure, the heart rate, nothing goes up when he's in those spots. And, you know, he still is able to get weak contact and even get some strikeouts. You look at the Mets bullpen now, it's Edwin Diaz, it's David Robertson, Brooks Raley. That's not bad for the back end. You still got Drew Smith. You got all these guys they're adding in, you know, the Jeff Brighams of the world and the minor league signings, Eliezer Hernandez, who could factor in the mix, Joey Lucchese, Tyler McGill. They could be relievers. The Mets have really done an incredible job building out pitching depth, and I still think that there's one or two more moves to make. Knowing that every single time the Mets make a signing, there's reporters saying they're still in on Sanga, they're still in on Sanga. I think that that Sanga could very well happen. And I know yesterday I was discussing if it was Sanga or Nimmo, which one do you get? And I said, you go for Nimmo. Now you got Nimmo, and the Mets are still in on Sanga again. <laughs> so... They're still in on him, by all means. You bring Sanga into the mix. Now your starter depth helps your, your bullpen depth. And then maybe you go out and you get one more arm. If, if the Mets were able 
to sign Kodai Senga and Adam Onovino and then did nothing else this offseason, I wouldn't have any complaints. And even from here, if the Mets do nothing, I could talk myself into it because I look at this roster and I don't see glaring holes anymore. The rotation has the depth. You're bringing back the same lineup that won 101 games, adding in prospects that should should really raise the ceiling. You have a bullpen that now has three guys that you can count on in the late innings with Rayleigh, with um, Robertson, and of course Diaz. And even Drew Smith, honestly. I'm happy, man. I'm happy this team is in a good spot and Brandon Nemo's a lifelong Met. You know what's bad? I don't even know what number Brandon Nemo is off the top of my head. I'm thinking about it. I, I'm really not entirely sure. And I, I, I know that that's blasphemous, right? Locked on Mets host doesn't know Nemo's number. I've never been a big number guy, but I feel like I should learn it because it might be in the rafters. Let me do a guess before I actually look it up. I feel like it's something low. What is it? Is it? Is it nine? My guess is nine. All right, let's look this up. Brandon. Number nine. Hanging in the Raptors next to number five one day. Who knows? Who knows? The fact that Brandon Nimmo, he, he debuted in what? It was 2016. And this contract is going to take him through, what, 2030? I'm guessing. 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Yeah. The fact that Nimmo might spend... You know, 14, 15 years in a Mets uniform when guys were calling him a fourth outfielder for a good majority of his career is amazing. And so, you know, I'm sure there's going to be the people that, that are going to say eight years is too much um, or they're going to complain about the money. I'm happy for him, man. That that dude that dude has worked really hard to, to deserve this contract. And it would have been damn near impossible to replace him in free agency. Um, it would have been impossible to replace him in free agency. And to give up capital to trade for someone, it, it just made sense to do this. And uh, again, I'll close here, but this doesn't happen if Brandon Nemo doesn't want to be a Met. doesn't make that abundantly clear. And so I can't wait to see the press conference with Nemo cheesing. I hope they do one. Uh, and and we'll, we'll kind of go from here. But the Mets have once again made a plethora of moves to the point where you're looking at the roster and how can you not be thrilled for the 2023 season? When's we're going to get here? I need it to happen now. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen. Check out Locked On Sports Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski. Locked On Sports Today is where you want to go to stay up to date with everything going on around sports. You can follow Locked On Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts.